That's the Raincoats from their debut self-titled album from the 1980 and Fairy Tale in the Supermarket. You're with Julian on the brown note. Celebrating the Age of Cage again, off-air I reviewed the wonderful movie Pig and gave it 8.5 out of 10. Um, I've been trying to make the Age of Cage happen for some years now and I believe that we are ready to worship this deity as he deserves. Things are falling into place for Nicolas Cage. He's been derided, he's gone through that period of um, his bad movies. I'd like to point out films people like bruce willis go into a bad film and they just stare blankly because they just can't be bothered he nicholas cage commits and he's made some wonderful terrible movies uh, the wicker man is the best bad film the most enjoyable bad film this century ahead of the room head of music by sia which is a wonderful bad film um, and he's peppered the last decade with some really great indie films like Joe, Colour Out of Space, Mandy. Joe and Mandy were in my films of the decade. And Pig last year, another wonderful one. This, however, Bringing Out the Dead, is a real treat for me. And there's a number of reasons why, and they don't even have to do with the lead actor, Nicolas Cage. I think we're ready to Keanu-fy Nicolas Cage at this stage. He had an Ask Me Anything online a few weeks ago you should look it up instead of dialing it in he spent hours answering absolutely any question the public wanted to ask ask him in great depth uh, it was wonderful um, so i think we're ready to kind of welcome him as this keanu level thing but the reason this film was such a treat is other than kundan uh, which is uh, the Tibet film that Martin Scorsese did. Bringing Out the Dead is probably the least watched Martin Scorsese's film since before Goodfellas. So that's one thing that's wonderful about it. Uh, it was made in the period around Kandan and um, just before Gangs in New York, The Aviator, and then his Oscar winner, The Departed, really sort of put him on the map as a commercial filmmaker more than he'd ever been. Um, his art house films of the 70s were huge critical acclaim but not so much box office and in the 80s he made some really great films like King of Comedy and so on that have now been regarded as classics but he often lost money in projects um, and I think you know he's now really well established as, as, as someone that can make money just by putting his name on a film uh, and, and uh, Gangs in New York was the next film after this bringing out the dead flopped a bit on release um, no one knew what to make of it the other thing that is a real treat here is it's um, his fourth and final so far film with Paul Schrader um, other than the Temptation of Christ from the 80s the two other collaborations with Martin Scorsese are two of the most celebrated films in movie history Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and this film is a link between Taxi Driver, this film Bringing Out the Dead, and the stuff that um, Paul Schrader's been making lately. Last year's The Card Counter and First Reformed, which was my film of the year a few years back with Ethan Hawke. So having those two in this together is just a wonderful thing. Um, and it's the last art film that Mike Scorsese has made to date. Probably the only art film post the 80s. It is his most art house film. And it's easy to see why it flopped. Because it just it just is doesn't fit. It's not a linear storyline that makes much sense. It's a poetic film like Taxi Driver and it, it, it involves you engaging emotionally rather than uh, in, in a plot. Um, 
So we get Nicolas Cage as a, a, an ambulance driver in the midst of a crisis in New York, very reminiscent of the, the hell of taxi driver, the New York hellscape of taxi driver. And um, he drives around at night. He's a broken man. He's an alcoholic. Um, and he is in a rut where none of the people that he has uh, turned up to as an ambulance man, uh, ambulance man had lived for a long time. He's failed to save anyone, and he believes that he's being haunted by their ghosts. He is a man at absolute tipping point. It's a really well-paced film because we get the kind of like three acts with three different partners in his ambulance. And you get John Goodman at the start, who's a, a, a more normal character, more down-to-earth character. And we get to sort of live with Nicolas Cage as well. We also get Patricia Arquette as a woman whose dad, abusive dad, is is saved by Nicolas Cage and taken to hospital and put on life support, where he spends the rest of the film going into cardiac arrest and being saved by doctors. And they form this sort of bond, um, this platonic bond, in the ashes of this horrendous environment that's the city at night. Um, we then move to Van Rimes, in, um, one of many actors in this. I think uh, Patricia Arquette gives a career-best performance in this film. Van Rimes... Most noted from um, probably Pulp Fiction. Um, I think he gives a career best cameo performance here. He occupies the ambulance with um, Nicolas Cage. And he's just a powerhouse. He's a, he's a real religious man. And he does this amazing seance sort of thing where um, Nicolas Cage is uh, bringing a junkie back to life in the nightclub. And he gets everyone to hold hands and pretends that it's God doing it. And he's such a powerhouse. He really does liven things up. And then Tom Sizemore, another one, who's often been quite... He's occasionally quite bad. He's occasionally great. Here he's really, really good as a, a very enthusiastic but slightly demonic uh, ambulance crew member. Um, and we follow Nicolas Cage not in a linear plot sense. We just spend time with him and realising that he's, he's, his heart is broken inside. He wants to... He wants to be a compassionate person to this city and to the people that he rescues. But the toll on his psyche is so unbearable. The weight on the shoulders of these people looking after us. Uh, and Scorsese made the film because he spent 10 years dry, uh, calling the ambulance on his parents. They had very bad health problems. And he said that he just wanted to make something that championed these people of the night that ruined their own lives and put themselves through hell to look after people at their bleakest. Um, I really feel this film has taken on a very strong post-COVID tone uh, where it becomes incredibly relevant to the anxiety that all of us have felt in the post-COVID world, but also to the health professionals and the stresses and strains they've been put under and what price compassion can be for the person offering it. Um, his, Nicolas Cage is wonderful. He's haunted, absolutely haunted in this film. Uh, and the the resolution, which is all about compassion, is you know it's a confronting one, um, but it's not a it's you know it's not a depressing film. It's full of life. Uh, the recreation of the nighttime of New York is vibrant. A lot of the soundtrack choices are really interesting because um, Scorsese can get in a bit of a rut. He kind of coined the that kind of soundtrack with Goodfellas, and I think him and Tarantino are probably the the jukebox soundtrack. Um, and he can get a bit stuck in that. But there's some really inspired choices here. There's two Clash songs, including I'm So Bored of the USA, a Johnny Thunders one. Um, 
and red red wine by UB40. It sounds and looks amazing. Um, the nighttime is 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 beautifully lit up. It's a really thrillingly um, exciting film at the time. I think it got spoiled a bit by trying to make it out to be more of an action film. There's there is actually some pretty good action, and it feels very kinetic and thrilling at times. But it isn't an action movie at all. Um, I really felt that there was a link between uh, Travis's character in Taxi Driver. Nicolas Cage here and the characters that Paul Schrader writes about now, um, which is um, the film's first reform, The Car Counter, which is a man that's at breaking point. It's almost like the movie Catch-22 where, you know, you can't try and pretend to be mad because that proves you're sane. In, if you can look at World War II and be in the midst of that hell and try and get out of it by, by being mad, you're obviously not mad because only a madman wouldn't think that it was you know only a madman wouldn't be driven mad by this madness and it, he's kind of it's kind of in that world where you just feel the weight on his shoulders is so heavy you can, you can feel you sort of like your neck turning to concrete and it's just grinding him down into the dust and all he wants to do is help and i think these these men these very broken men that schrader's created across those four films this is like the missing link between those the last few years and the late 70s of, of Taxi Driver. And um, almost appeared like the Joker, the recent uh, Joaquin Phoenix film as well, another person broken down and in a hellish city environment. Um, I really love this film. I think it is um, a very soul-enriching film. It's nowhere near depressing. And the um, direction by Scorsese might miss the odd beat here or there, but it is... You know, where, where are you going to find a lost Scorsese film post-Goodfellas? We've seen them all, films like Shadow Island, we've seen them all a lot of times, most of us. Um, and they're very, you know, even Gangs in New York, all those, um, The Aviator, they're very well-played films. This is potentially a terrific Nicolas Cage film with terrific writing by one of the great Paul Schrader and one of the great directors, Martin Scorsese, that a lot of people won't have seen. So I'm going to give Bringing Out the Dead a 9 out of 10.